My easy runs used to be fast and furious. Even if I was in a, quote, conversational pace, they still left me absolutely exhausted and fatigued and really frustrated because I wasn't improving my running at all. Welcome to Rehab for Runners, the podcast for runners who are ready to get out of pain and run with more confidence. Dr. Lisa will guide you with the clarity you need to unleash your potential with tools, practical tips, and exercises so you can enjoy your runs and exceed your goals. Hey there, runner. I hope you're having a great day. You're enjoying your runs this week. And today we're really diving into part two of my zone two training. Now, if you miss part one, I encourage you to go back. It is episode six for part one. Make sure you go back and listen to that one first, because that's going to give you more of the backstory and how to actually set up your runs for zone two training. And I just think it's made such a difference in my running. And I love the feedback that I'm getting as well. Because it's almost like maybe you know you should run easier or slower. I know some people don't like the term slower, so I'll say easier. Or more in that conversational pace, but you just don't know like what degree of easy or slower runs that you should actually be doing. Because let's face it, a slow run or an, I just keep saying slow, I know, I'm sorry if you don't like that word, but an easy run is a pretty large range. I think back to when I was training for my half marathons and I would think I was running easy because it was technically conversational pace. Like technically I could spit out some words even if I was huffing and puffing. But the reality is they were like zone four, zone five runs, even if it was like, you know, a minute slower than my race pace. So there's such a big range. Like I feel like just training in a certain heart rate really allows you to like stay grounded and not increase your pace too much when you're running at those easy conversational runs. And that's why I think I like it so much because it just gives you some guardrails with what pace you actually should be running and what your heart rate really should be during those easy runs. So I started zone two training and I believe it was mid-April and a quick backstory was basically I trained for a 10K race, ran it, and my heart rate was just through the roof during the race. And I know as you increase speed, your heart rate's going to be pretty high. But once I started realizing like I can barely catch my breath, like something is not right, like I feel like I could increase my speed, but I really just feel my heart like beating out of my chest and it wasn't the best feeling. So I started investigating it and I looked back, you know, on the Apple Watch, you can look back to runs from like years ago. And I just was looking back through all of my training runs and what I thought would be easier runs during the week and even on the long runs. And the pattern was really that my heart rate was pretty much always above 165. Usually it was around 170 to 180, even on those easy runs, even in like the winter time where there was less humidity or, you know, heat. So I picked up on that pattern and I was like, okay, if I am going to train for a marathon or if I want to build my base, 
I have to figure this out. Like there is no, maybe one day it was like, if I want to keep running, I have to figure this out because I feel like my heart, you know, that's just a terrible feeling when your heart just feels like it's going to beat out of your chest. You can't even catch your breath during a race pace, not even like sprinting. So that's when I realized, okay, I need to investigate this more. I have the resources to investigate it. And if I want to be the best runner I can be, I have to address this before I even think about training for another race. So that's when I started only running in zone two. I picked four days a week to run in zone two. And really the pattern was running for time, not distance. So the first, I would say six weeks of my zone two training, I would do one run at a 40 minute run. I would do a run at a 50 minute run, a 60 minute run. And then my long run was a 70 to 80 minute run. And I was only looking at my heart rate on my Apple Watch. I wasn't even paying attention to the pace. I mean, afterward, I might look at the pace and be like, okay, yeah, that's way different of a pace than when I was training for my half marathon, thinking I was running a lot slower. And really, the whole goal, once I started reading the research, was build the aerobic base, improve the mitochondria function in those cells so I can have more of that aerobic base, my heart can work, and I can build that endurance a lot better than running just at whatever pace I wanted, thinking it was an easy run. And again, I go into more detail about this in part one. So during the first six weeks, I really was just shocked at how my running transformed. I was shocked at how I felt after a run. And I was also shocked at how my body was able to just slow down, basically, and get into that rhythm of slowing down the second I started running. I was able to basically pick a pace that is more in zone two naturally, because I had been doing it for pretty much every single run. And I thought that was really cool. So I wasn't having to look at my watch as much at the end of those six weeks. So six weeks passed, I'm training more in zone two. And that's where I'm going to pick up from part one. So now that I had six weeks under my belt, I was running pretty much two and a half minutes slower than my race pace to stay in zone two, looking at my watch, maybe every couple minutes, like maybe if I felt like a hill was coming or you know, I could just feel that my heart was beating a little bit faster. I'd look at my watch just to make sure I was staying in zone two. But now I wanted to add in some speed workouts. I wanted to start really building my base for marathon training. So it's been about four weeks of including speed workouts. And I'm really sticking to that 80-20 rule where 80% of my runs are zone one, zone two, and then the 20% are zone three, zone four, or zone five. So I'll break that down a little bit. So instead of all of my runs being in zone two, now I have one of my run that's zone two, and then I finish in zone three, and then another one of my runs that's a speed workout, so more zone four, zone five, where you're really picking up that speed and then recovering in zone two. And the rest of my runs are in zone one as a warm-up and then zone two throughout the entire run. So still sticking with that 80% of my runs being easy, and that to me is zone two, and then 20% of my runs being a little bit faster where I really can start to pick up my pace and then increase my heart rate. So let me just review my weekly schedule with you now. And I just want to note that I am not a run coach. I also don't have a run coach. 
I feel like maybe eventually I would get a run coach, but I actually really enjoy this like trial and error. Like, let me do this on my own and research it and all the nerdy stuff behind what goes into actually building a training plan. I actually enjoy that. And I just wanted to test it out for myself. And also my schedule pretty much changes every single week. So I thought it'd be a little bit easier to just test the waters myself and see if it's working. And I would say so far, it's been four weeks of adding in speed workouts. And I would say so far it is working. Now, keep in mind, I am in the season of building a base for marathon training. And that means like I'm in like the pre-training season, I guess you could say. So training will start in a couple weeks and it's an 18 week training plan. And so I just wanted to really like build that base before I started my training plan because when I trained for my very first half marathon that I never even got to finish because I was injured, I did not build a base. I was running, I think like the week before I started my training plan, I ran two miles and I could barely run two miles. And I was like, all right, time to run, you know, 12 miles a week. And it was just a terrible idea. So I've learned a lot since then. So I decided, okay, I will build my base before I even start my training plan. So that's where we're kind of at now in that season. So let me just review my schedule. I just want you to get an overview. You don't necessarily have to copy it, but it might give you a little bit more insight into what's going on. So I'm running four days a week, which I picked up... um, a couple months ago, I was running three days a week and picked it up to four. So Monday, I am doing a spin workout and then I am doing about a 30 to 40 minute workout with the goal of maintenance, which means I'm not really pushing my weight. I'm not really trying to increase my weight as I lift. It's really just maintenance. So I'm not super sore the next day. So and that is coming from the runner's complete program that I will link below. And then Tuesday is a about a 45 minute run. Most of the run is in zone two. So I would say about 35 minutes of the run is in zone two. And then the last 10 minutes is a what we call fast finish. So a fast finish means really you just pick up the pace a little bit. So for me, it's zone three. So for me, a fast finish is in zone three. So again, you're not sprinting. You're not even going at race pace. You're just picking it up just a little bit. So I actually did this workout today with my mom, and I believe the pace was about a minute faster per mile, if I remember correctly. So that's Tuesday. Wednesday is another full body workout from the Runner's Complete program. Again, I'm decreasing my weight a little bit just for maintenance. Thursday is a speed workout. So that's going to be roughly five miles. I'm doing it more for time. So I'm just trying to give you an idea, but it's about five miles. So really it's the first part of the run, like 15, 20 minutes is that zone two warm up. And then it's just intervals, you know, 90 seconds on, two minutes off, three minutes off, something like that, where when I pick it up in that 90 seconds, I'm at zone four, zone five. And then as I recover with the two minutes off, it's back to zone two. And you're just repeating that. And then you just finish about 10 minutes in zone two as a cool down. Friday is normally my rest day because I'm just exhausted at the end of the week. I don't know if you can relate to that. But I also like doing a rest day before my long run. I find that that works really well for my body. So Saturday is my long run. So I'm doing my long run in more of a distance versus time. That's kind of the only run I do in terms of my 
mileage versus time. So a long run is about seven to eight miles right now. Again, I'm just building that base, just really reinforcing zone two. And my recovery run on Sunday is about a 30 to 40 minute recovery run. Now, this is just to give you an idea of how I structure my workouts and my runs. It works best for my body, and that has taken a lot of trial and error to figure out what works best with my body. So just take it all with a grain of salt. It might give you some ideas, but one thing I will note, I'm obviously running the 80-20 rule. I'm also taking at least one day of rest. I'm also working out at least two times a week. And I am biking once a week in like a 30 to 40 minute Peloton class where I'm usually focusing on like more of the intervals where I might pick it up a little bit and then bring it back down into the zone two heart rate. But I guarantee when I start actually training, I'm going to be doing more of like the endurance classes where I'm not necessarily doing like sprints or hills for a short amount of time. I'm more so just doing it for time to be on the bike. So make sure you note that. Other things that have helped me with my zone two. So I didn't talk about any of this in my part one, but my one thing that has really, really helped me, and there's two things. So let me go over the first thing. The one thing that has really helped me is working on my breathing. So I have asthma. I had really bad asthma growing up. I basically was on a nebulizer, which is like the breathing treatment four times a day for the first 10 years of my life. Doctors told me I would never run. I, you know, obviously am able to run now, which is crazy. That's why you don't always have to listen to doctors. I still have a nebulizer. I still have an inhaler. And my breathing sucks. I'm just going to tell you flat out. My breathing sucks. My lungs suck. I mean, you can kind of hear sometimes as I keep talking, I kind of get like a shaky voice, like basically need to gasp for air sometimes because they just suck. I don't know what else to tell you. They're just terrible. So as I take a deep breath, like I can't even hold my breath for like a couple seconds just to give you an idea. So I knew that I had to work on my breathing. Like I, I know that. I know that my lungs are not functioning like they should. I know my diaphragm, which is a major breathing muscle, is not functioning like it should. So it's actually a funny story because I am taking a course and it's a pregnancy and postpartum certification. And I took that course because I've heard great reviews about it. And I also do treat a lot of pregnant women and postpartum women and get them back into running. So I wanted to learn more about that, make sure everything was safe. And I also wanted to learn more about the pelvic floor connection. But of course, you know, before it's always like a weird circle, weird. um, It's always like a weird, there's weird placements in life and things just come to you at the right time. I truly believe that. And before I could even get to the pelvic floor section, It was like all about breathing and the diaphragm. And I was like, oh boy, I feel like this is just attacking me. (laughs) Like I feel seen, I feel heard. I feel like this is just placed here for a reason. And as I was listening to it, I was just thinking, oh my gosh, my diaphragm is not working correctly. It's, It's absolutely not working correctly. I am more of that chest breather just because I tend to carry a lot of stress in my neck as well. So a lot of like accessory muscle breathing. And so that's just one thing I've really been working on. 
I will talk more about it later, how I've been working on it. But just note that breathing does play a very big role in how your heart rate works. Just note that breathing does play a very big role in your heart rate and how you can optimize that oxygen exchange, plus the connection to the pelvic floor and the glutes, which is totally crazy. And I can't wait to dive more into that in the future. One other thing that has really helped just staying in zone two is working on my running form. So I feel like everyone should pretty much be working on their running form if you want to improve your running and if you are an injured runner or have a history of injuries. Those are the two categories that I feel like should really focus on the running form. And there's always different seasons for working on your running form because you don't want to work on everything at once and, you know, just get totally overwhelmed. So I was just working on my running form for pretty much my long run and then my Um, fast finish run. And what I have learned is, well, one, I recorded myself running just to see what the heck it looked like because that's always eye-opening to watch yourself running. If you haven't done that already, I encourage you to do it. You can do it from a side view or a back view or front view and just look at what you see when you run. What do you compare? What do you see when you compare the left and the right side? That's really eye-opening. But one thing that I noted was that I am very bouncy. I have a lot of vertical oscillation, which means like think up and down movement versus forward movement. And a lot of that comes down to just using more energy and therefore increasing my heart rate because I'm basically wasting energy in this vertical oscillation versus forward movement. And you should be moving a little bit up and down when you run. It's pretty much I think the research says just a couple centimeters. So if you're going more than a couple centimeters, you're probably moving too much in that up and down state. And one thing, if you're doing that, make sure you pay attention to what your knees look like when your foot hits the ground. If they're in a very bent position, then you're more likely to bounce upward versus forward. So that's just something else is just working on your running form, seeing where you can improve that energy expenditure because at the end of the day, like you want to optimize your running form so you waste less energy and can utilize it for something else in your running form. And that will help lower your heart rate and keep it on the lower side as well. So I'm officially three months into my zone two training and I just want to review a couple things that I've learned along the way. And I think that these are things that I just wish I told my younger self when I was first running and first thinking that I was running slow and I was doing all these right things when reality was I needed more structure and just more education on what to do when I was running. So I think the first thing that I've really learned is conversational pace doesn't mean you're in zone two. It doesn't mean you're in an easy run because again, with that easy pace, there's just different stages of a conversational pace. Think back to when I was first training for a half and I thought I was in a conversational pace even though my heart rate was super high and I was running pretty fast. And I think I thought I was in a conversational pace because I wasn't absolutely gasping for air and like huffing and puffing. I think that's why I thought I was in a conversational pace. But I encourage you to look more at your heart rate versus that conversational pace. I think if you can 
keep a conversation going like you're like today on my run I was talking to my mom for the first half where it was zone two and then once we hit zone three we stopped talking because it was a pickup so I think a conversational pace just gives you really vague guidelines into what your pace should be so I encourage you to look more at your heart rate versus that conversational pace the next thing that I've learned is the good old c word consistency and I think I like hate this word because it just means that things are going to take time and you just have to keep going but it's the truth it really is the truth because if you're not continuing to practice something you're not going to get better at it that's just the truth unless you're a natural at zone two you have to keep practicing at something in order to get better at it. And for most of us, we have been running our easy pace or our easy runs too fast. So that slower zone two run is just going to feel foreign. It's just going to feel very new. And that's therefore, if it's new, it's not necessarily something that we are very good at right off the bat. So it's just something that you just have to keep practicing. And over time, it will get better. I promise you, it will get better. So just keep working on it. And I don't want to give you a timeline because everyone is different. So make sure you're not comparing your timeline to my timeline. But just know that if you just keep working on it and don't give up, it's okay if you're frustrated. It's okay to feel like you're not going very fast and it's okay to feel like it's not improving your running, but the research backs up that it actually is improving your running. So I think that's really big is just trusting the process and trusting your plan. The last thing that I've really learned is that zone two training just feels so different on my body. So, so, so different. I think that the biggest thing that I notice is just the fatigue level. So after a, let's say a four mile run, even last year at this time, I would be pretty darn tired after a four mile run, mostly because I was running it super fast when I compare that pace to my pace now. But it also affected how I was operating throughout the day. I'd get really tired after lunch. It was also affecting my sleep schedule because I would basically have to get like nine hours of sleep to function correctly. And also I would wake up feeling extremely fatigued because I was just training so hard. It was just so much effort on my body and it just needed to recover. And therefore it was always tired. So I just find that pretty darn interesting. So just in terms of like the fatigue level, my running has really improved just how my body functions. It's also improved my hip. I had, I guess, a hip injury, you could call it, but I was running through it and rehabbing it. And ever since I really slowed down, basically putting less of that high impact force through my hip and my hip has really calmed down because of it. And also obviously doing rehab exercises on the side has helped. But I really think that a lot of it contributes to less of that high impact force through my hip. So I think that's something that should not be taken for granted. I think that could help a lot of overuse injuries. So please consider that if that's something that you are dealing with. Okay, that wraps up part two of zone two. I hope this episode was helpful. If you have any questions, you can always email me or message me on Instagram. I will drop those both below because this is something that 
if you have thought about doing or maybe you've dabbled with it, but just not you haven't given it enough time, I really, really encourage you to do so. And some resources for you. I've mentioned this before, but I love the 80-20 running book. I will link that below as well. That has really just given me the research to back up what I was kind of thinking and feeling before I even dabbled with it. And now just kind of concludes that what I am feeling during my runs and how it has improved my runs is real. And there's so much research to back it up. So you know how I love my research. So I encourage you to get that book, check it out. And there's also training plans in the back, which is pretty cool. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate it and review it below. It means so much to me and I just really, really appreciate it because, you know, sometimes it can just feel like I'm talking to the clothes in my closet because that is where I record. So I really appreciate it and I will talk to you next time. Bye.